I'm firmly rowing in that boat of people who have underappreciated Mo Salah. And I guess also him being the opposition. I don't, I, you know, it's like one of those things with, ah, he can, he can get his flowers from someone else, not, not from me. Especially soon enough, the season out. Oh, look, that's that wooden field. <laughs> he loves playing against Manchester United. You know? I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still, I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Up Front podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Good day to everyone who is listening from wherever you are listening from and thank you for joining us on yet another episode of Two Up Front. My name is Jay and I am joined by Chuck. Chuck, how's how's your December going? How are the festive? In January, festive. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, at least the Polins into Zapalanzana. If there's a loss one side, there's a win on the other side. Um, Sporting-wise, it's it's all right. It's been good. But in terms of the festive, yeah, I can't complain much. Looking forward to that um, Springboks-led public holiday on the 15th. I kind of feel like, especially as we're approaching oh, it week. now. Hmm. We got fleeced there. <laughs> a public holiday in Smack Bam in the middle of December when the whole month is our public holiday, basically. And then it's on the Friday, which is the day before the public holiday on the 16th. The president was playing chess, not checkers there. Antana, these presidents have that chess locked down. I want to a free... Free education that was announced when Zuma was stepping down. Nale, national health care. I don't know what that looks like, but they throw these things around. We'll see how they work out. I don't know. Maybe it will be another <laughs> Bok Friday. Maybe it should have been like a Bok Friday or something. But we will see. All right. Uh, getting into the business of the day. And we start. I was going to say we start uh, with football. We're going to stay in football uh, today, but we'll start locally. And with the Glamour Boys, of course, they won over the weekend against Pulukwani City. But And there was a, an inspired performance in goal by Upras Bruce Vuma, uh, who is coming in for two goalkeepers. Um, the one whose name now I'm not recalling. I want to say Solomon. No? Peterson. Peterson, yes. Peterson. Apologies. And then, of course, uh, having Peterson who took over from Kune, and it is Kune that we want to talk about. And Tulwen Kune, the story uh, went about that he came to training under the influence of alcohol. Uh, Chiefs then released a statement. They did not confirm, but they did release a statement saying that they are suspending him and they are stripping him of his captaincy and they are going to be supporting him through a program uh, for his continued growth and and well-being. So seemingly, seemingly uh, confirming that indeed that was the matter. Chuck, when you consider the fact that Kuna hasn't really been in the Kaiser Chiefs starting lineup as a regular, as their regular number one for, for a few seasons now, and he's someone who has attracted 
some unflattering comments from 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 the public, uh, the general public, and then now with this, when you look at the career of Dumlin Kune as it, it nears the end, do you think this particular um, matter, this particular story, has tainted his legacy? Mm, hard to say. I, I'd have to give it a bit of a think while I while I speak because. I have to clump in this particular scenario with the fact that he's been out um, partly because of injury, partly because he hasn't been in great shape as well. So that um, period hasn't been the greatest. But when he has come on sporadically in those games, mind you, if I'm not mistaken, they lose those games that he's, that he's come on in. Eh? More he, finally, he finally broke uh, broke that streak, but he was on a streak of seven games that he'd started in a row because the Chiefs had lost all seven games. Mm. And I mean, but we can't pinpoint that pinpoint that to him. I I I won because she's she's haven't haven't been great for a long time. But when I just look at that particular spell, that ah, is a bit shaky. But when he does get on the pitch, like I like I was going to say, his distribution is still world class. His communication is still good. He's still a good leader on on the pitch. The the saves ah, here and there, those are questionable. That's game by game analysis. But generally speaking, I I don't think it, it tarnishes. His legacy, because I think, and I think I've come to my yeah to a conclusion. I don't think it tarnishes his legacy because I feel at this point in time in Kuna's career that he's done. By that I mean he's 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 reached his peak. He's done as good as he can do. He was Bafana number one. He was the best goalkeeper in the league for a long time. And I think th- this this season now and a couple of seasons prior, those have been like bonus seasons in terms of what we can actually get still from Mukune. Obviously, he he'd beg to differ and say he was ready to. Well, he's still at the at the top level. So for me, in terms of what was good at his peak, uh, which was I think a reasonably long time, because I think he's been at Chiefs for for how long has it been? Two thousand four. So I mean, so that's what nineteen. Yeah, yeah going on 19, 19 years. years. So that's a very, very long time. And of those 19 years, Skrumanga 5 that have not been particularly great. Um, so I don't think it tarnishes his, his legacy uh, because it's it's all gone downhill along with Chiefs' form. You know, if Chiefs are still flying, but this guy seems to be the problem, then we can say it, 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 it tarnishes the legacy a bit. But Gomanje, I wouldn't say so. I mean, it feels like the latest in a string of... There's something else with Utimulunkune, and not and not because or oh, he has done something else, mm. but as I'm saying, there's there's a feeling that just negative stories surround him. You know, prior prior to this, there was of course um, a certain celebrity personality mm-hmm. was speaking about him and the expressed ex. shock at the fact that Utimulunkune is still playing, and maybe there was not the person to mm. be talking about him because they have a previous romantic relationship. You know. Mm-hmm. And people came to his defense, and yet, and he was he was in the headlines. He was he he was he was trending, and not because of his football, you know. And from the moment he entered into that relationship, he's he's been then uh, on on the cusp of conversations in just general general banter. Uh, mm. And 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 what it has ha- what has happened is, I feel it removed some of his veneer. Mm. And people felt like they could poke at him. You mentioned the fact that he's not been in great shape, you mm. know. And this is one of the things. Like people have a go at his appearance uh, and flat in an unflattering manner. Mm. And there's the matter of how old is he really? Mm. Uh, he does mm. not look like the age that he claims. And then the performances seem to follow that. And it's been a lot, man. Like he he has comfortably. Mm. 
comfortably been the most spoken about South African football player the last decade. Yeah. And for reasons other than his football. Mm. So now you have this, which is a direct effect to his time at Keza Chiefs and as a player. And why it's really bad as well in my in my mind is you follow you follow the this follows up from what Cardoso was um doing media rounds talking about mm. after he left the Keza Chiefs saying Guti senior players or some players come to training under the influence, you mm. know? And then there was the question of, is it just sour grapes from Cardoso because they let him go? Um, turned out, turns out it wasn't. Mm. Although at the same time, you're like, well, it's easy for you now to talk about it uh, because you've left Keza Chiefs, you know? Having said that, I don't really expect him to come out while he's a Chiefs player to the media and say, my teammates come to training under the influence because that's just going to rip the dressing room apart. Mm. If he tried to do something as one of the senior players because he was he also wore the captain's armband. Then that's one thing. But if he was turning a blind eye and then afterwards he's he's, he's coming out and talking about you like uh, are you are you just trying to um, cause headlines, you know? But it seems like what Cardoso was saying is true and uh, worst of all confirmed by the captain of the club, Dumlin Kun and like and what it feels like the eternal captain of the club. I in in my lifetime, which hasn't spanned that long, uh, no one has been at Kizzy Chiefs as long as Ukun. Like when we are counting nineteen years, that's that service of the highest order. He was he was like sixteen, if I'm not mistaken, when he when he started playing for, yeah, he was sixteen, I, I believe, when he made his debut for Kizzy Chiefs. And we're in high school, and now we are people who are married with children. <laughs> and Yutumulu yeah. Kune is still the Kaiser Chiefs, um, is still a Chiefs player and their captain. So that was disappointing to mm. begin with. And I think when I when I clump it with everything else that like over the past few years, the past decade, maybe I'd extended and say that the headlines that have uh, followed Kune, it leaves a bad taste, mm. and it's a. It's 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 a sad ending. I never I never like to see guys go out sad. Like don't go out sad. Mm. Like if anything that you do, especially if you've been someone of the caliber of Kunu, because if I were to say what Kunu's legacy is as a player, I think if you're compiling an all-time PSL eleven, he's the goalkeeper. You know, which Probably, suggests yeah. he's the greatest goalkeeper in the PSL era. Mm -hmm. Up for debate, but you 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 you'd be hard pressed to debate it. Um, so on the play on the playing side. There's no question, you know, and perhaps the legacy on the playing side is stacked so high that something like this doesn't um, move the needle significantly, but it does do something. Um, it does add a, a, a layer that is not flattering, um, and it's something that will be spoken about with the Kuhn. I mean, you'll have people talking about him, and then you're definitely going to hear it, especially from rival fans with you know and and that's sad for me and yeah. and and that takes something away not completely taints the entire legacy um but it, it puts some rust on it i think um the other thing is that it's very rare to have a career that long and not have any controversy True. or troubles i mean even someone who would say has a more pristine image or has less controversy like someone like Lucky Lekwat played for a long time but there, were, there was a time where he wasn't the fan favorite but to Lekwat at least yeah. but he came back into the good books of the supporters so when you're there for that long I mean look at Martich's first season at, at Madrid he was voted as what worst signing of, of, of the season which was nonsense by the people but that's a little blip in the road but to show that he's got the quality so 
It, it'll it'll come. Um, but as you said, I think I think that's that's spot on. Which he has done so much for the game that this can't be the defining moment. I tell you though, Chad, the the big disappointment for me and why I think it is big is because it's because it's alcohol related, mm. and that by itself um, is an issue because. He, it wasn't confirmed that he was drunk mm. or he reeked of alcohol. Um, but in either, in either way, if he drove himself to mm. the training facility, considering one are, are close to festive, around festive, and you know what, what, what that looks like in this country with drunk driving. Mm. And we've had celebrities end up in prison because of um, irresponsible driving. And that's a crime mm. <laughs> to begin with. That's a crime to, to, to be uh, drinking and driving, you know. But also because of he's a football player, mm-hmm. the accidents that come with that, but because he's a football player and the in our country, the relation to alcohol with our football players and he's a Chiefs football player. Mm. And with Abu, 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 Abu Pule and I want to say Mabuti. 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 And other players who've, who've, who've worn like uh, uh, that, that jersey and have had that negative story, those negative stories and that behavior follow them. And Kune came in after that mm. and he's well aware of that and he would have been made uh, like aware of that and his responsibility, especially then when he became like a senior player and he's the captain. It's very disappointing. Mm. Like, as Kevin Johnson says, um, we all make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, so there's no expectation of him to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But you would have preferred for him not to have this, mm-hmm. like, on, 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 on his record because of all those things that I mentioned. So, yeah, it, 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 it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, uh, considering what he, I think he got a contract extension because he's Kune. If he's someone else, they don't stick around with him for that long because of it like we said injuries and age not necessarily on his side but he got that contract because of his name and what he's done for the club do you, what what do you think um when with the wording of the, those that statement which he, he's going to go into a program they're going to support him and what do you think it suggests of the club because i mean for me he's in the twilight um years of his career but i'm support and he's still going to get another chance because basically you can almost say a chunk of the season is gone because of something like this and also performance of other goalkeepers and whatever you want to add. Is what does it mean like to you, like that particular wording? I think it means that they care about him. Hmm. I think they care about the player. I generally think they care about Udemelun Kune. I think they recognize his stature um, for Keza Chiefs, which is why when they came out with the statement that this is his last season and he's mm-hmm. going to move on to a... A managerial position, like he's he's got a job for life. Do you think basically, this, this now, case of Chiefs. Sorry to cut you, because I'm thinking now, because when Chiefs said this is his last season, he said no. Well, he's come out. He came out later, like in the season prior to then, the coming to training under influence and mm. talking about him looking forward to the extension of his career, mm. which again it reinforces that this statement of supporting him is Chiefs care about this player because mm. he literally came out publicly and vetoed what Keza Chiefs was saying. Hmm. 
we can read into that and if we are we, if we are making uh, creating narratives around that we come out here and say kune disrespects case achieves or kune and case achieves uh, management don't see eye to eye or case achieves are trying to force retirement on kune mm. which is what he's coming out and saying by saying that he's he's he's, he's not going <laughs> it's that scene <laughs> in the wolf of wall street you know it's like mm. i'm not going I'm not and yet here we are where it's like okay we uh, are not wanting to continue with you as a player mm. but we are we very much have created something for you to to be here and um, yeah, employed by Kezachis for as long as you wanted and then if you want to continue as a player then that means you have to go to it somewhere else right and this was a perfect opportunity for them to let go of him mm. uh but instead they are here even after that uh where they ha- they're going to have to sit down at some point and figure out he wants to play. We don't want him to play. What do we do? Mm. And as I'm saying, this was an easy out. You yeah. know that uh, well, the player did this, and we've not only stripped him of the captaincy, but we've come to a mutual understanding to go our separate ways. And you would even understand it as well when they later come out or to reinforce what they said at the beginning of the season that we wanted to look in a different, go in a different direction in terms of the our keepers, and Kuna was not in our plans. So it left us in uh, a position where he had to go somewhere else. Mm. But they don't do that. Instead, yeah, they strip him of the captaincy, which is a strong messaging, which is good. But then they don't kick him out to into the cold. Mm. They're like, we will we'll protect you and we will help you. We recognize what you did and we're going to come down strongly on that. But at the same time, we're not completely uh, separating ourselves from you. So, yeah, I think I think the whole way through from the beginning of the season right up until this moment, uh, ac- actually the last couple of years, Chuck Kune has not has not played for Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, as you as you say, there's there's nowhere else where Kune would continue getting contract of a contract, yeah. just based on his availability. But that has continued to happen, and I I think he's still one of the most well remunerated players at Kaiser Chiefs. Yep. And you might argue it's charitable, and which. The word means love, you know. Mm. So I, I think ultimately that's that's what I derive from the situation between him and the club that they care for him. So with with all of this, all of this stuff happening, like muscular weight injuries, nanani, do you think this pushes now uh, the needle towards Kazuchi's side of Uti? You you will continue with us, but not in the goals and management because since I mean, as we're saying with the contracts, nanani, we were, we, were, we used uh, kid gloves on you. We we try to manage you as best as we can, but this is almost like a slap in the face because, as you said, you are a senior member of mm-hmm. the team. You are the captain. Does this then say, Uti, chances are, if you continue with Chiefs, it won't be the way you want our corner one as, as the goalkeeper? They have a stronger case. And, yeah. I mean, in their position, I, I figure, yeah, I'd be strong on me, arming him. Like, mm. listen, buddy, <laughs> you know, yeah. you've b- brought the club into disrepute. Mm. And... Now we have to clean up after you. We have to pick up the pieces. And then there's what we came out with and said, and you came and you went in a different direction. You were opposing us. So here are your options. Mm. Like, and it, not maybe that strongly, just like, please just retire. Like, please, uh, like, <sighs> you can't force someone to, mm. you know. Um, but, like, if you case achieves, like, the please just retire so that we can move on to the next stage with you. Because if you choose not to, then you're putting us in a position where we have to make a decision. Oti, mm. we have to let you go. And then, I mean, even if he does go, I think that position will be there waiting for him. So, 
Yeah, I think because she's a, a definitely in a stronger position to insist on what they want, mm. and it depends what Kune uh, interprets of of that. Oguti, does he feel as if he owes mm. this club um, that loyalty? He owes them his career to mm. a point where he says, "I'm not ready," but okay, because you guys have gone out on a on a on a, on a limb for me, I'll acquiesce to your request. So I do think because she's in a stronger position, it will be curious to see because in the most recent headline that I, I read, um, Kune is speaking about how he's raring to go. As I was telling you before we start recording, he posted himself on a 10-kilometer jog. Why are you still <laughs> jogging 10 kilometers except for you are trying to keep yourself in peak physical condition mm -hmm. to be playing? So I don't think we've quite seen the end of this one. So um, just to get your final word, uh, career tainted by this? Not the whole career, um, yeah. but I think it leaves a mark. I think it leaves a mark. I think um, legends of the sport, um, it's hard to go out and not be sad, as you put it, because now we're missing a color because it was a contractual situation. Neymar, Ronaldo was booted out by Ten Hag, and here's Kune now. Seemingly, we don't know what, what will happen to the next season, but it seems like they're going out sad. Um, it's hard to be a legend. <laughs> it is. It's hard to be a it legend. It, it really is. Um, if, if we flip on to the next topic, someone who I think has guaranteed himself legendary status, especially amongst the Reds, that is Mo Salah. 150 Premier League goals, that puts him in the top 10. Um, 200 goals for Liverpool. I think he's he top five? Top five, oh. yes. So that's, that's an amazing feat. Um, just how hard is it to get those numbers and those goals in because he's been in different versions of Liverpool um, but that I mean like building up new club starting up to become decent and Abu Mane and Abu Coutinho Coutinho leaves um, and then there's that um, trident um, between him no Firmino and Mane and then those two leave and it's still him still firing still scoring goals and he's got the personal numbers to prove which he's been such a vital asset for Liverpool how 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 great is it to be on those lists and how hard is it to actually crack it? Man, Mo Salah is a phenom. You know, I actually found myself thinking, I actually probably am guilty of having underappreciated Mo Salah and his actual greatness because I, I, I came across either a comment or, or heard someone say how Mo Salah is beloved is beloved in the Arabic community. I think he's the most famous like mm. uh, Arab in the world, which is part, partly why Saudi Arabia wants to pay exorbitant fees to bring him to their league. You mm. know, he'd, he'd be the jewel. Like, even in the face of Cristiano Ronaldo being mm -hmm. there, like, he'd, he'd maybe on par, if maybe not slightly higher, like, a jewel in, 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 the, in, in, in their crown, mm. you know? So it's for good reason because he's great. He has been great. Like from the first season when he arrived at Liverpool, I mean, I don't know what we expected. Uh, I know I didn't expect much. Like I was aware of like Mo Salah and like there's an Egyptian who plays in Italy. He's played for a couple of teams in Italy and now he's coming to Liverpool. Uh, it will probably be good, you know. But then that first season, like, was berserker. You mm. know, he, he just went he went crazy. He's never reached those numbers again. But my goodness, has he been consistent, especially with the with the goal scoring. And there was a time where, the same way I feel about Haaland right now, where mm. I felt about Mo Salah, that if he's not scoring goals, there's not much to his game. He's not affecting the game. But 
the steady growth towards being a playmaker mm. as well, where Klopp can leave him uh, further out on the wing and not have him uh, come into the box as 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 much, and not 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 rely on his goals, but need something else from him more mm. than his goals, and can ask him to do it, and he can do it. When you ever, whenever you look in these days at lists of goals and assists uh, at those numbers. Mosala is in the category by himself, and then mm-hmm. you get to Abubakar Saka and the other players. So the evolution as well, like, has been great. But just as a goal scorer, yeah, man, we've we've not seen we've not seen um, the likes like of him very often, mm. like in the Premier League, especially from then the continent of Africa, like in Europe, at the very top of the game. So. He's been phenomenal. And the thing for me that sticks out most uh, in order to be able to score a lot of goals, I've said this about Messi and Ronaldo, is you have to score, you have to play a lot of games and you have to be available for those games for a long period of time. And when you look at like Mo Salah's career at Liverpool, he's averaging about 50 games a season. Mm. You know, he's always available. He's playing every single game and he has a tantrum when he, he, he he's not played mm-hmm. because he loves the game, you know, and you could understand how his coach, uh, him being his most valued asset, may want to rest him at times, but he doesn't want to rest. Mm-hmm. And he's a machine. And you see that in the way every single season he's got that crazy record that he's always scoring in the opening on, on the opening weekend, mm-hmm. which tells you as well about his work ethic that Mo Salah comes and his mindset. He comes ready. He's physically ready from the very first game. He's mentally prepared to be that guy from like the very first like minutes of the season, and he ha- he has been super impressive. He's been super impressive, Chuck. I think uh, I mean I'm rowing with you in that boat of underappreciating Mo Salah, and I think maybe I, I'll, I'll try to give you my thought process or what I was thinking when I'm watching Mo Salah hit those numbers and like ah Mara is he that good? I mean. One, he's got that questionable ball control sometimes. You're like, Ay, she, he fluked his way past the man, right? But the same person in that same game will have like a great touch or a great uh, uh, shimmy to one side and, and beat the man. So you're like, oh, blind, but uh, I don't know. And then when he's hitting those 41 goals, there are comparison with, comparisons with Thierry Henry, with Cristiano Ronaldo, but you're like, nah, I like those players much better. And then you're like, okay, in a previous version of Liverpool, there was a, there was a Luis Suarez who was scoring amazing goals. And you're like, ah. if I compare Suarez's goals when he had that amazing season, season compared to uh, Suarez, sorry, compared to Salah's season, you're like, ah, Suarez got a better season. But actually, when you when you bring up like Ndabaga Haaland, in that 41 um, goal season, he is scoring better quality goals than Haaland, of which we're raving about. Haaland's got a lot of tap-ins, we say, and obviously Axel Foltak, his team created those easy chances and he's just there to put them away, which is uh, great for him. But when you look at all of that in context, then you're like, he's somewhere in the middle of all of that, but not in the middle necessarily as in mid-range, but at the top of that level. He might not, not be necessarily Thierry Henry or, or Ronaldo or Suarez, but very close, especially the numbers say so. So I, I have underappreciated him as well, but I mean, Masipera, the success in Liverpool and how things have changed except for Mo Salah. Um, Coutinho has left, Firmino has left, Mane has He's left. He's been a constant. Mo Pera, our FPL teams, if you're going to put in someone as, as, as expensive as he is, let's take a punt on Mo Salah because you can't trust Darwin. You can't trust Jota. Uh, Luis Diaz has in, had injury issues, but Mo Salah was a constant. And that's why they are where they are now. Like Even when they had a, a poor season, Mo Salah stuck out. Even when they are now resurgent, Mo Salah is at the center of it. So, I'm firmly rowing in that boat of people who have underappreciated Mo Salah. And I guess also him being the opposition, 
I don't, I, you know, it's like one of those things with ah, he can he can get his flowers from someone else, not not from me. Especially this season, after season out, Hologas <laughs> double infield. <laughs> he loves playing against Manchester United. You know, um, but it's it's undeniable. You know, as much as I might I might have my views, the facts are undeniable in terms of how good he has been. And when we look at that top ten list. Those absolute ballers are on there. Those absolute marksmen. People hit the back of the net like nobody's business. And I think Mokumangangangang a drive. I mean, we laughed at him when, when he had that injury in the uh, in the Champions League final because he's like, you're playing against almighty Real Madrid and you want revenge. And then he had a chance. <laughs> Nothing didn't go his way, you know. But it's that desire. And that's 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 what the top uh, players players um, always always want. Like Ronaldo keeps himself in peak position, in peak uh, condition, and he always wants to play. I mean, I heard a comment from who was who was this footballer? Kevin uh, Prince Boateng when he joined Barcelona. Apparently, he asked, Messi asked Kevin Prince Boateng, is it hard to score in La, in, in Serie A?" And that's when Ronaldo was ha- was had stints at Juve, which means that. These guys are hungry to to be the best, and they're always checking up on each other. And so Mo Salah has that same kind of drive. So because we don't count him as part of um, the goats, we don't quite see it or appreciate appreciate it as much. So underappreciated, underrated, yeah, definitely on my end. Um, but it's undeniable that he's been a great player, and it's 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 it's, it's a feat, man, to be top five because he might still give you two, three more seasons at Liverpool where he's doing absolutely crazy numbers, and then where is he on the list? You could get to number one. I don't know how far he is exactly. I haven't checked the numbers, but I if don't he's think number, he gets one, to number one, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's number one. Sure is no, not not prem, but for Liverpool. Oh no, he definitely doesn't get to number one for Liverpool. What are the numbers? Ian Rush is. is that, I think Rush. Ian Rush is like three hundred forty-six or something like that. Um, the, so if, if he averages forty goals, <laughs> he's close. If he plays as long as Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, mm. and maybe that's not even go to like because Ronaldo's thirty nine in Feb. Mosala, how old is Mosala? He's thirty one. I think he's a ninety two. He's thirty one this year. So if he plays, say Messi's age right now, Messi's thirty six. If he plays another five years, and he gives you. 20 goals a season because if you if we factor in a drop off like mm. later in those in those years say like it gives you then another 100 goals still doesn't get there mm. oh was he is he how close is he to second is rush like a long I think, way away I think, from I think, one I think he two. may he may finish second because yeah he may finish second because I, if I'm not mistaken I look up the numbers now uh, second on the list has like 280 goals mm-hmm. so I think for Liverpool, he 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 can get there. I mean, if, if someone's on those all-time goal-scoring charts, I don't like how we witness when we get to 250 some goals, which is United's is it 256, United's all-time leading goal scorer. That's amazing that we saw that in our lifetime. Like we in Russia, smash, Kenita Glish, smash, smash. Say coach, I'm talented, Kenita Glish. So to see those numbers um, and, and with having witnessed that career is something quite special. Um, I mean, Maskumanga Wakwira as well. That's something that we got to see. With, okay, your cities, although City doesn't have as rich a history in terms of the legends as Liverpool, but to see someone ascend to those numbers and those and that position, that I think is quite special. So. Mozart, even if he doesn't get to number one, um, but for him to crack top five, and how close is he to Robbie Fowler? Has he surpassed him? Yeah, yeah. So the guy, the guys who are ahead of him are guys you've never seen play for Liverpool. So, so yeah. in terms of, and that and that's really impressive. In terms of the guys who we have seen, like Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, Fernando Torres, Stevie G, he's passed all of those guys, yeah. and and that 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 is quite the feat. 
Well, and when you say past all those guys, that includes Champions League and a league title that eluded those guys that we mentioned. So that of also being integral to those particular achievements. So that's amazing. I'd be curious in terms of like where he. Uh, I probably actually ask you that question in terms of the Liverpool players you've seen during the Premier League era. Where would you rank him in terms of the? greatest of Liverpool players. And this is like complete body of work, right? You're not looking like from a one season wonder because if we do yeah. one season wonder, Torres and Torres are up there, you know. But if we body of work, man, let's see. I feel Torres had a decent stint, but I mean longevity most of has to surpass him. Numbers are there as well. I think he's behind Stevie G and Torres' stint wasn't as long, man. So I think Stevie G and I'll be honest, I haven't watched enough Michael Owen to really appreciate it, uh, to appreciate his career. So I put him second behind Stevie G. Um, if, if I'd watched, because I know Owen's a Ballon d'Or winner and obviously was, was a phenom, with a little bit more information, I probably would bump into three. But with what I know now, I'd, I'd put him behind Stevie G. I, I think I'd agree. Um, I think Steven Gerrard is the greatest Liverpool player we've seen. And everybody else, like... I prefer Suarez over Mo Salah just as mm. players. Like mm. I, I love Luis Suarez. He's like one of my favorite players of this era. And had he spent all of his Barcelona years at at Liverpool, then I definitely have him at number two. Maybe even pushing Stevie G. Yeah, uh, really true. pushing Stevie G for for for, for number one. Because I, I don't want to make this about a Suarez, but like I, I I do think outside of his, if he didn't have the biting incident. Mm. I, I thought he was the best player in the world in 2014. Um, that's the season where I thought Lionel Messi wasn't trying very hard. Mm. And yeah, that's the one season, as I keep telling you, that uh, I'm okay with him not winning the Ballon d'Or. But the person I would have given the Ballon d'Or would have been Suarez because of his effect on Liverpool and also on Uruguay in, in the World Cup. But but he didn't stay for the period at Liverpool. So I think Mo Salah is, is second to Stevie G. In terms of those goals, Chuck, just to confirm for you, mm-hmm. um, Ian Rush is on 346 at the very top. And then on 285 is Roger Hunt, who retired in 1969, mm-hmm. or rather who last played for Liverpool in 1969. Then there's Gordon Hodgson with 241 goals. He last played for Liverpool in 1936. Mm-hmm. And then there's Billy Little, who has 228 goals, who last played for Liverpool in 1961. I shall be at least. So he's 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 reaching totals that have not been seen outside of, um, of course, uh, Ian Rush, because Ian Rush only retired in 96. Mm. Outside of Ian Rush, him and Rush for the last 60 years. So that's that's massive. That's yeah. massive from the the player from Egypt, you know, mm-hmm. and to one of our own. From yeah. the continent, it's 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 really crazy. So, a so certified legend. Second question, then, does that make him the greatest African Premier League player that you've seen? Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I, I think I think the the competition would be Ayatore as well as Didier Drogba, mm. and I've always had Drogba as the the greatest mm. um, African player to play in the Premier League. And yeah, it is Mo Salah. Uh, he's comfortably outscored uh, DJ Drogba. Uh, mm-hmm. doesn't have nearly as many titles, um, but that's that's team. There's nothing really he can do about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely would have Salah as the number one African player to play in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, because when you when you look at um, that that season where yeah, I was just driving through the midfield, squad I'm a free kick and just going past players, that was amazing. But if you put that 
next to Mo, Mo Salah's 41 goals uh, a season, then you're like, ah, okay. I Mo think it's 44 goals that he scored that 44. season. Oh, 41 yeah. in, the, in the league, no? No, 44 no, no. together. Definitely not 41 in the league because then he'd, oh. have, he'd, have, he'd, have, <laughs> oh, he'd have Haaland's record. <laughs> My bad. 44, bad. In, 44 in total, yes. Yeah. So that's that's also Ronaldo's along with the 41, right? That's what the number is in my head. 42. 42, yeah. okay. Um, but nonetheless, then there's other seasons uh, outside of that where he was amazing and he's been good. I mean, when you look at the fact that he goes toe-to-toe near Man City and he's the, the chief antagonist. Like, you know that wonder goal of his where he left Bernardo Silva for dead, James passed to Foden if I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. This is against your main rivals and you are going for the title and this is the guy who's making a difference in those games. So those things for me count a lot and I think I'd have to agree with you. Greatest African player. So in terms of uh, looking at the numbers, again, the last set of numbers, Premier League all-time goal scorers on 150s equaled Michael Owen. Mm-hmm. And ahead of him are Jermaine Defoe, Robbie Fowler, Tieran Reeve, Frank Lampard, Sergio Aguero, and Colwyn Rooney, Harry Kane, and of course, Alan Shearer. And between him and the number two spot is 54 goals. Wow. I think he can achieve number two. I think then Shearer is yeah, a bit too far, perhaps. Yeah, I know Shearer. <laughs> Shearer. Shearer's numbers will probably be broken by Harry Kane if he decides to come back to the Prem, or if Haaland stays for... 10 seasons uh, I think yeah, I think he might uh, overhaul um, Ian Shearer Ian Shearer Alan Shearer but yes Chuck um, to, to close it off on Mo Salah he's, he is great and I think ultimately um, the way I think about him the reason that they Liverpool didn't take that 150 million is because he is irreplaceable and I don't mean that in that romantic sense I really mean mm. in a footballing sense I can't replace him because <laughs> my <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, not like that. <laughs> because in, in my mind, since Lionel Messi stopped playing as a inverted uh, winger, uh, left-footed inverted winger, there's nothing like Mo Salah in the world. Uh, there is no right winger with a left foot who's a goal scorer at the volumes that Mo Salah does. I hear Liverpool Liverpool fans uh, like to say that they're going to replace him with Bukayo Saka in their dreams, number one. But I don't even think Bukayo Sako is, is quite what Mo Salah is. There's, mm. there's literally, at the very highest level, no player, as I'm saying, since Lionel Messi stopped playing in that position, who will give you 30 goals a season. Mm. So he's one of one, um, which <laughs> is why they look at 150 million and say, nah, uh, mm. I think we'd rather keep the player. And he's still producing for them. All right, Chuck. Um, well, in the Prem, Liverpool, of course, are on top, powered by Mo Salah and that comeback against Crystal Palace. But over the weekend, a lot of interesting results. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of interesting results that are happening in, in in the Premier League at the moment. You've got Spurs who were down and out and then put four past Newcastle, mm-hmm. who themselves were utterly dominant against Manchester United, but then have looked average against flat, Everton flat, flat, and flat. then uh, against Spurs as well. And then, of course, Manchester United uh, that I mentioned. Uh, although, to be, to be very fair, I, honest, I honestly don't know how the 3-0 happened against Bournemouth in terms of if I'm, if I'm, if I'm analyzing the game. And this is what we need to do. This is what I'm thinking. I'm like, this is not necessarily me, me, me being pro-United. There was a decent display. And you look at the fact that, in I think if I must be mistaken, in the last month or so, the only, p- only teams to have picked up more points than Bournemouth is Liverpool and Arsenal. 
So they had been on a tear as good a form almost as Aston Villa. So they played well and they were clinical with their chances. United mm-hmm. controlled the game, just didn't create, create anything clear enough for them to also, have chances. Also, if you look so at the goals, uh, it's it's turnover ball, the mm-hmm. first two goals, and then it's a set piece. That's not to say, ah, man, they don't count for anything, but you're not they're not going to re- likely repeat those goals. It's not something that they're going to work on. Um, mm-hmm. What they could work on is when we do turn it over in transition, what do we want to do? Yeah. That first one was kind of freaky in terms of how it bounced into that space yeah. um, for, for the Bournemouth player. And, the and then so like is in like phenomenal form. I think they could have pressed a little bit more they could have. and stopped the cross. Uh, where United are poor mm-hmm. is transition defense because even Definitely. in the game against Chelsea were phenomenal going forward, but when Chelsea did so have the ball and they were going at United, it's the Ritzy parts, you know. Which is why they are where they are in the Champions League because they scored three, but they are in trouble four. as well. Yeah. So, so that's 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 then um, uh, uh, Manchester United, uh, Manchester City mm-hmm. came from a goal down against uh, against Luton, who come from a week where they put a scare to title challenges Arsenal as well. Mm-hmm. And then two Arsenal themselves mm-hmm. who lost uh, at at Villa Park, where it was a follow-up result by Aston Villa, mm-hmm. having beaten the champions 1-0 on, 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 on both occasions. So, Chuck, looking at the Unai Emery coached team, what do we say about this team? Like, they're up now to third. Mm. They're up to third? They I believe they have to do it, but they are they are right they're right up there, having beaten the champions, as I say, and then following it up with a John McGinn, the captain, uh, goal in the game against early in the game against Arsenal, and now do sit in third position. Are they title challengers? Are they just challenging for the Champions League are they even going to stay in the Champions League mm. spot is this a purple patch or what do we say of this team at this moment this team is very very good and um, what we what we need to say is that this is not necessarily out of the blue because they picked up some great form from the back end of last season um, to the tune of having 15 uh, home games that they've won 15 home games in, ga- in a row so that's 15 45 wins in a points row. in, in the, the league in the league yeah in 45 league. points in the back which means it's been coming in terms of what they've looked like at the back end of last season um, they found someone who's finding the back of the net regularly in Ollie Watkins and then I think they've, they've found a way to have a bit of magic here and there because they've got Diaby which has been a, who's been a good addition they've revitalized Leon Bailey as well um, I don't know who's around when they come back and they're fit but I think their midfield is, is, is solid I think you've got a hard worker in, in, in McGinn who's always a goal threat and then they've got between Tillemans Douglas Luiz Nopuba Kakamara I think fantastic players um, with quality and, and guile. I think Pubaka Kamara could be the next best thing. He's not their best midfielder, but I think that's still Douglas Luiz because he, he's, he's combative. He's on set-piece duty and has got an eye for a pass as well. So right now, he's good. I mean, it's reminiscent of when, when U Angelotti put together that Everton side, except mm. for that Udwana. Yeah. After to- at this point in time, that filled out, I think. They were no longer in the top two. And also, they're all looking to leave. Yeah, like <laughs> from the from the coach down, everyone was looking to go in their own direction. Yeah, so I mean, when you look at that, I think it's something that has a bit more stability. I mean, the additions that Emery has has, has added, like Utiabi, Paul Torres, um, Utilemans as well, because Utilemans is coming off the bench, I think, from three games ago, and now he's starting, and now he's a constant threat. Diaby's on the bench. Yeah, now Diaby's on the bench. So he's managed his team very well, um, and he's managed the balance very well. He's had good additions to the team because I mean, of the players of Celeste, everyone's saying Madison. 
or Telemans was was delaying signing for the longest time, but you didn't know what to do with Usain Oban. We weren't looking for him. Arsenal weren't looking for him. No, neither was Liverpool. But Aston Villa um, get, get in, and he's been a great addition. So in terms of squad makeup, they look very, very good. And they're playing as good as anyone who's there in the top three. So, I mean, if you look at the fact that they beat Arsenal, they beat Man City. Um, I haven't played them yet, Tina, but they're, they're, they're a hard team to beat. Um, although they got, they, got, they got spanked five by Newcastle earlier in the season. That was like an anomaly. After which, Sir Alex Ferguson proved himself to be Sir Alex Ferguson mm-hmm. when he was asked after that, uh, that weekend who he found was most impressive. Mm-hmm. And out of left field, it feels yeah. like he said Aston Villa. Like, why are you picking a team that just, that just five? got hammered? And mm. you said they were unfortunate to concede the goals they conceded, but the play. Yeah. And I was like, that's good talk right there. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think they are legit contenders. Um, I mean, uh, something catastrophic has happened for them to be derailed, but Guamang, they're in a good mood, they're in a good moment, as um, uh, European managers would say, they're in a good moment right now. And, I mean, the goals keep coming, whether it's one or two, because they ensure which if they're going to only score one, they're not going to ship goals as well. So I think Dini is not as effective going forward as creating as you'd want, but there's, there's creativity in the team, like I'm saying, from Utiabi, from U, U, Douglas Luiz, from Tielemans as well. So, well-rounded. I mean, they, I mean, of the other teams that are in the top, yeah, they, they've got enough individual quality, but there's still certain things missing. I'm not saying big things, but lap on the lap. And so I think they're the most complete, but they're, they're, they're new in terms of what they've found as, as their form and, and their makeup. Whereas Arsenal have been what Arsenal have been for a long time, but with the addition of like a Declan Rice. So they are further, further along in terms of their identity and how they want to play. Villa are still new, and so there might be a few hiccups, but in terms of what they look like right now, contenders. I don't understand how they are on the run that they're on. Mm. And I don't understand how Manchester City and Arsenal did not manage to score a goal against Aston Villa. And the reason I say that is because Mm. (laughs) of their choice of defensive approach with that high line. Mm. I, I, I couldn't for the life of me watching the the match um, against Arsenal figure how Arsenal were not breaking through and scoring goals Arsenal, and not just a goal Arsenal goals. played better than City yeah they should have actually scored I believe Arsenal did control the position and I because I, 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 I'm not here actually I mean I'm disappointed with the loss you mm. know but I, I, I didn't see a performance whereby man you didn't get up for that match the one big disappointment is they couldn't find a through ball mm. and and I want to, I want to get back to Aston Villa. And the reason I think they couldn't find a through ball is my big, big, great criticism with Arsenal. I believe they overcoached. Mm-hmm. Um, when they get into the final third, what comes into their minds is the drills that have been drilled into them. So they shackled by that. You have game. to take up your positions again. You have mm-hmm. to recycle the ball again. It has to go through these phases, and. In a game against a team that is playing a high line, what you're doing is inst- is instinctive. As soon as you get the ball, you're looking up. You're looking for the outlet, uh, whether it is to go directly route one, um, or you 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 progress it into the midfield, and then the midfielder turns and immediately looks for that pass. Which, by the way, Declan Rice is not is not that guy. Um, that that's not his game. I miss Thomas Partey in that mm-hmm. regard, or Odegaard needs to come uh, deep to collect and do those things, but they didn't mm-hmm. and when they did it wasn't coming off you know the execution was was not good and yeah i mean even with city like we, you weren't having like the, the the runners from from deep from midfield they missed gundogan mm-hmm. i think gundogan would have been would have been able to exploit that you know 
So Aston Villa plays such a high line, Jack, for teams to not capitalize and to punish them is beyond me, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think they may play the most well-organized high line I've seen in a long time, maybe since the, the heydays of Klopp's um, high-pressing team. Because you have a single moment. You mm-hmm. really only have a moment to hit the pass. If you don't, they still they retreating, right? But you cannot exploit them. Mm-hmm. They they get then back in shape enough, and they get uh, they get back in quick enough time to be able to thwart whatever it is then that you are trying to do, which is a second or so too late at mm-hmm. that point. So very well drilled. And as 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 you put it, like when you when you think about um, the players that they have, I was thinking about a combined eleven with Arsenal. Um, I think Paul Torres. Mm-hmm. Starts ahead of a a a a, a, a Gabriel. Gabriel. Um, I think in midfield you definitely pulling habits for Douglas Louise, mm. and I think up front Watkins starts ahead of um, Jesus or Ketia, whoever else you you want to play mm-hmm. in that position. And I uh, then I'm like uh, I don't know like Zinchenko is not very good <laughs> defensively. Yeah. Dinia is not necessarily the greatest defender in the world, you know. Nope. So mm-hmm. that one's maybe fifty-fifty. And then the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, who, uh, ironically, is a former Arsenal keeper, starts ahead of um, Raya, or even if it was um, Ramsdale who mm. was playing in post. So that's that's a lot of players, you mm. know, who would be starting for a team who we most of us believe are, are challenging for the title and are looking to go deep in the, in the Champions League. So that's good quality. And the players who don't make it, as you put it, John McKinn is one of those. He's a Premier League player. Mm. Like I, I know you get what I mean by this. Yeah. Well, Gareth Barry, good enough for the standard. Yeah, those 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 players yeah. who he's always he's gonna give high level. Like he's never gonna be in world class chatter. Uh, but he's very very good, mm. you know. And at a team like Aston Villa, as the captain, as a driving force, he's gonna give you everything. Like he's he's going to be scoring goals as he as he did against Arsenal, and he's gonna be defending with his life, and he's gonna be recycling the ball in the heart of that midfield. And then you 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 pair that with like people who who are really talented, like your Douglas Luizes and mm. Bailey as well. Like Bailey's dangerous, mm. you know, and and you saw that now where he picked up the ball and with the defensive presence around him. He wasn't favorite to get that ball, uh, to get into the box and to 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 get that ball back to whoever was waiting for it to convert, but he did mm. on the left foot, on the right foot. Um, I don't know why Declan Rice went in like sliding in there and leaving uh, his defensive uh, partners exposed, but that happened. But mm. that was because of the pressure that um, Bailey was exerting, and even the pass that got to him from Tillemans, I believe, mm-hmm. is yes, one that gave him that through pass. It was phenomenal, you mm-hmm. know. So they can they can turn it up to a level where they look like one of the better teams in Europe. In terms of what where I think they finish. I'm not ready to say they are title contenders. Um, mm. If they're still here in March, April, and that's a cop out of sorts, mm. whatever, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that you know because Spurs was a similar thing when they like had that start because you wonder if Watkins goes down, mm-hmm. where do you turn to and what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, if Douglas Luiz goes down. Pandia hasn't proven to be that look, guy. They, they haven't had the same injury issues as the Spurs, but I think they've got better plans. I think maybe you can slot a Diaby in there, okay, lead the line, and they don't play much different because they don't. They, they, they create a few chances, and the few chances that they do create are very good. Like they've got like high on that XG um, factor. 
Whereas Spurs, Spurs are too, too open for me. As much as it, it's a style that works, they can be hurt a lot more than I believe Villa can. So, yes. uh, yeah, I suppose I understand why they weren't necessarily your candidates for, 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 for title contenders. But yeah, uh, and maybe it's the fact that it's Aston Villa as well. It could be, you yeah. know. Um, but also there is the specter of them playing in, in, in the Europa. And they're going to qualify out of their group. So they're going to have those midweek and weekend games. And it's going to be interesting how they juggle those. Mm. But there is the fact that they're coached by Una Emery in the Europa. <laughs> so so maybe know. that's not something that's going to be uh, initial. Though I'd, 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 I'd venture and say that he only wins it when he's coaching Sevilla. Because he got to the final with Arsenal. <laughs> and he he didn't. But then he came yeah. back with Sevilla against uh, Arsenal, and he beat Arsenal. Well, it was Villarreal, sorry. Mm. So only if he's coaching in Spain, let me say, not because he lost one with uh, Villarreal. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see uh, how some of those things pan out. But, uh, man, what a breathtaking addition they've been uh, this season to the Premier League. And that's why you see the logjam at the, at, at, at the top of the table. Yeah. All right, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what does become of Aston Villa. By the way, if they do win, Chuck, mm-hmm. uh, is it better than Leicester? Because hmm. uh, that season with Leicester, uh, the big boys were poor. Mm. Whereas this season, yeah, they're not maybe great, but they're mm. not poor. They're nowhere near being poor. I think, I, I think I'd say so because... And, and as, Leicester was out of the blue because the, the previous season they were surviving relegation and then now there's a title charge. Yes, there is that. Right? But with them, as I'm saying, with that home record and them qualifying for Europe, it's just that they were bubbling under in terms of being the, being a, a threat for the big boys. And they continue that. And because of their form in the previous season, they now have Euro- Europe to contend with as well on their run to the Premier League if they do win it. And they might just go deep in Europe as well. So I think based on the fact that you could see they build up and you can see what they're doing that's great whereas in, in, with Leicester was Jamie Vardy scoring and he just can't stop scoring and then oh but N'Golo Kante is holding things down you were discovering who players are as they were going and oh but Nomares as well is just as important as Vardy it will never be as as, as magical as Leicester but it, it could be I think a better thing because I think then after that they can continue mounting a challenge at the top as well whereas Leicester fell away because it was a once off thing so based on that, I think it could be better, but not as magical, if that I think, is clear. I think that's a perfect way to put it, because the degree of difficulty is harder. Um, this is a league that has the defending treble champions playing in it. Mm. And they're not playing up to their standard, yes, but they were seven months removed from being uh, that team. Mm. And then an Arsenal who we believe uh, will take a step to maybe even winning the title this season. And as I'm saying, you're looking for them to do well in the mm-hmm. Champions League. And Liverpool, not quite also at their absolute peak, but they back they back amongst the, the title contenders. Newcastle still are good. You, you're thinking when the players return and the schedule isn't as crazy, they're a good team in this league. Spurs, not really sure what we have with Spurs in the same way we're talking about Aston Villa, but they are good. They're good enough to put teams to the sword, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it's 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 not that season because that season, like all the teams were just like, nah, you have it. Now nah, you have it. Now nah, you have it. And mm-hmm. no, and no one wanted to have it. And Leicester came through and like, well, cool, mm-hmm. we'll have it. And then, as you say, we discovered they had world class players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't know it at the time, but they had world class players, you know. Yeah. So, but then the magic of it is, 
yeah, is 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 not something we'll probably see. But in terms of which one was harder, mm. it probably would be Aston Villa if if they do it. Unless unless by the end of the season we discover that no, these teams actually were poor. Yeah. Um. Then maybe we'll revisit that and 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 see what we have to say about it at that point. All right, uh, we'll be back at that point, which is like May, but we'll be back also next week and throughout the festive season. We'll keep you updated with everything that happens in the world of football and everything else that happens in the world of sports. So you can continue to listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as on Joba Pulse, which is the city of Johannesburg's online radio station and you can continue to engage with us on our social media pages you can find us on x and on instagram at two upfront pod i am at j underscore zulu on those platforms and chuck is on x at chuck two up from j i'm Audi. all right guys uh sending a shout out to all the listeners and fans we saw the spotify numbers thank you for continuing to ride with us um, so it does prove that someone's listening out there. Um, we spoke about Dumoulin Kune. Do you think the suspension and the recent events put a taint on his career? Um, or do you think it's cemented and it's already good? There's nothing that can touch it. We spoke about Mo Salah hitting 150 Premier League goals, 200 overall goals for Liverpool as well. How great is that feat? And is he potentially the best African player that's ever graced the Premier League? And then lastly, Aston Villa up to third right now, playing good football, having beaten Arsenal, having beaten Man City. How real are they as title contenders? This is Chuck, and I'm out.